Hello, everybody. Welcome into the Bobcat Football Preview, a look at the 2020 Woodland Bobcats football program. I'm Taylor Jones here with iSchool Sports. And we're going to get this show started by talking with Coach Blair Armstrong going into his second year as the Bobcats head coach. Coach, it seems like it's been forever since we've seen each other. It's been forever since we talked to each other. It's good that uh, we've got football as of now, and it's uh, good to be talking with you again. How are you? Doing great. Good to talk to you, too. It does seem like it's been a long, long, long time. It's, yes, uh, it, it really the, uh, has. COVID uh, excursion. <laughs> and uh, one thing that we talked about uh, right when COVID really got started on our uh, COVID Chronicles podcast that we did on high school sports was it's very weird. I don't think I've ever seen this before, but it will be at minimum year three before you get a spring practice here at Woodland High School. I don't know if that's happened anywhere else or what it was, but, hey, that's the luck of the draw. So how do you as a coach adjust to not having a spring program to just go in full force in the summer? Well, I've never missed a spring in 40 years, so it's been been strange to say the least. Um, the, the most – what hurts you the most, I think, is especially what COVID did to it this year, is that chance to recruit all those kids out of the halls. You know, you guys, come on out and try it. It's just 10 days. Try it out and see if you like it. If you don't like it, I, I won't have any hard feelings. There won't be any problem. Mm-hmm. It's not hard to get them out to do that. When they think of a whole season and they're not sure if they want to play or not, it's it's intimidating. But 10 days of practice, I can usually talk them into trying it anyway. Yeah. So you lose a lot of guys when you don't get to do that. At least I, you know, I felt like that hurt us. We just didn't have the depth that we should have. And going headfirst into summer practice, uh, what were some things that you felt like were normal? What are some things that you felt like were kind of abnormal, some things you had to adjust to with the COVID protocols that were put in place? Uh, the biggest thing is just being uh, making sure the kids understand the importance of the social distancing. They don't have a fear of it like older folks do and adults do. And, and so they, they're used to hanging around with their buddies, so they'll sit there two feet from each other and talk if you don't remind them about it constantly. They just don't see the fear of it. They don't, they don't fear it. Um, I guess the biggest thing that for us was – was the excitement I had of our summer has been awesome. Uh, the attendance has been magnificent, as good as I've ever had, uh, which, you know, I wasn't sure about because I basically missed last summer. But, uh, you know, they're excited because even though I know a couple of the kids told me, Parker was one of them, but a couple other ones at the end of the year, I said, well, how do y'all feel about the season? If you were talking about the season, coach, had the most fun I've had in a long, I've ever had really playing football. So we only won one game. He said, yeah, but – we played hard. We were a team. We were together. We were in some games. Had a chance to win a couple others. So they were encouraged by that, and now they see a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel, so it's kind of got them excited. And that was a you know good thing that you brought that up to, you know, having that confidence, being able to you know have fun out on the football field despite you know the hand that they were given last year. Did that really carry over into summer practice? Do you really feel like you got the most out of your players that were here and were able to work out every, uh, every day? We had a couple that weren't as regulars out of like of them to have been, but for the most part, most of the guys that we're depending on were here very, very uh, – I haven't figured all the percentages I'm still working on right now, but I'm probably going to have 20 kids that made our wrecking crew days. That they have to make a certain number of days to earn some rewards. You know, you can't make them come. So that's another reason why I was excited because some people in the past and other schools, sometimes they – they kind of force the kids into being there. Well, if you don't come, you're not going to get to start or whatever. Technically, we're not supposed to force them at all. So I've never done that. I've always used motivation as a reason to get them there and talk about why it's important to be there. And sometimes the first year is a little slack, and then the second year they catch on. They realize, yeah, I want those prizes or whatever the other kids get. This year it's been uh, – they believed, I guess, that I was going to do what I said I was going to do. And 
And so far, I've done what I've said I was going to do, so that, that carries over a lot. So when you tell them, I'm going to give you this if you do that, and, and they know what happens, then they're, they're quick to jump in there and do it again. So it's been real, a real, real positive uh, summer. Hey, that's really good to hear. We're going to take a timeout. When we come back, we'll talk about the schedule. We'll talk about non-region opponents, region opponents as Woodland is dropping down to Class 1A, which means we're getting a whole set of new opponents, a brand-new schedule for the most part. This is the Bobcats football preview from iSchool Sports. Does your kitchen or bathroom need a facelift? Let Brown's Cabinets help. High-quality cabinets and vanities built locally in Woodland, Alabama that are custom-made to fit your needs. Any style, any size. They even deliver and install. With over 20 years of experience in the industry, Brown's Cabinets stand by their work and guarantee satisfaction for their customers. Call Caleb today for a free estimate, 256-610-5852. Check out Brown's Cabinets' latest projects on Facebook. Search Brown's Cabinets. The tire buying process can be challenging. Let Gray Hill Auto and Tire Repair on County Road 87 help. Any style, any size, any brand. Gray Hill Auto and Tire Repair can order and install the right tire for your needs. Gray Hill Auto and Tire also handles oil changes, tire rotations, filter changes, and more. For your tire and maintenance needs, make the short drive to Gray Hill. Gray Hill Auto and Tire Repair, 15539 County Road 87 in Gray Hill. Call today, 256-449-2100. Welcome back to the Bobcat football preview from iSchool Sports. Taylor Jones talking with the head coach of the Woodland Bobcats, Coach Blair Armstrong. Before we go any further, we'd like to say thank you to several of our sponsors this year that support Woodland football and iSchool Sports, including Heron Monument and Memorial, Robertson Air Repair, Browns Cabinets, and Gray Hill Auto and Tire, four great Woodland businesses that support the Bobcats. So uh, big thanks to them for allowing us to do what we do every Friday night and everything in between. So we're going to take a look now at the uh, the schedule, the 2020 schedule, and there's one thing that I've got circled right here in my notes that um, we need to clear up, and that is uh, the GHSA, they decided to uh, delay their football schedule by two weeks, and you're thinking, oh, well, what does that have to do with us? Well, Woodlands was originally scheduled to go play at Wilkinson County, Georgia, uh, week two, originally August 28th. Uh, well, since they're not going to start until after Labor Day, how does that affect that game? Well, it worked out okay. We were, we were worried about it, and, of course, they didn't know what was going to happen either because they've had a couple teams that aren't even going to play football, so it kind of goofed up their schedule. Um, we were also this – you know, we had a really just tough time making the schedule. A couple people told us something and didn't live up to it, and so it changed us at the last minute. So we were stuck with two open dates. We played Fayetteville the first game, and the next two weeks were open, which is like the kiss of death. This oh, year. yeah going to play by the time you play that other game that people played three games and you hadn't played but one so uh but anyway wilkinson uh they moved back so they had to basically they start that week and so they figured out a way to make it open and that was our other only other open date we had so we'll be open the second week and play them on the fourth so it ended up working out good so we can keep our 10 games hopefully you know if we play a full season everybody doesn't have to quarantine. So. Yeah, let's hope not. But I'm glad that that did work out because I know you and I were talking during spring about making the new schedule and all that and how it was kind of difficult to find a you know team around here that wanted to play, and you finally found that one in Wilkinson County. There are a lot of schools here in East Alabama that aren't so lucky of being able to find a school or replace their Georgia team, so it was uh, well, good. I would for... rather have played in Alabama, but we were late. Some team dropped on us at the very uh, – after all the scheduling was done without telling us until the last second – you know, that was to their advantage, I guess, but it was true to our disadvantage. So it really put us in a bind, running around trying to find somebody. So 
<coughs> excuse me, there wasn't anybody on that particular date at the time that we could find. So, Always great to have to deal with that as head coach, isn't it? <laughs> That's the worst part of it, I'll be honest with you. Schedule, it's always been a pain all the years. Maybe it's, well, it wasn't a case here, but there's been a couple places where we were real successful, so we couldn't get anybody to play. Yeah. How that goes. So maybe that'll be a problem here one day. <laughs> yeah, I understand that. We'll stay on the topic of non-region scheduling. Of course, you mentioned uh, playing Fayetteville again. Uh, Wilkinson County and I guess technically week three, but week two will be the second game for Woodland. Uh, fifth game of the year will be against Ranburn, and then the last game of the year will be against Horseshoe Bend. Uh, three teams in 2A Region 4, so good luck going for your region title plus their region title as well. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought it was kind of funny too because I believe, uh, of course, Randolph County is in that region. Wadley will also play Ranburn, Randolph County, and Horseshoe Bend, so they're playing three teams from that region. Wow. Hanley's playing uh, – Lynette's, they're playing uh, Lafayette as well in Jamboree game. But, I mean, there's just it's, – it's just crazy to me how everybody in the county has got a shot at winning that particular region <laughs> and non-region play. Um, but, you know, you were able to dictate the schedule here in your first year. You weren't able to do that last year because we were already in year two of the reclassification cycle. So just going out and finding those opponents, what are some qualities of those four teams that you think will be really beneficial to playing you guys this year? Well, we're uh... – we tried to get, you know, we were one person over 2A uh, the last go-round. So we were a very, very, very small 2A school. So being maybe, I guess, in the top 10 maybe of the 1A schools is huge. The fact that a large number of the playoff teams last year that were 1A aren't in 1A anymore, they're in 2A, kind of opens up the top of the, you know, playoff situation. And so that's kind of exciting and encouraging. So playing those other uh, larger teams is not having a whole schedule of them is going to be is going to be beneficial that we're not playing them all at one time or right behind each other. So I think it's going to it's going to be at our advantage to have a little bit tougher competition uh, if we can sneak our way into the playoffs. And I know uh, the Fayetteville game last year pretty exciting. The game before that was pretty exciting. Woodland winning twenty seven to nothing. So were you when you were looking for those? Were you trying to find someone that was kind of even with you? Yes. As far as uh, programs someone go, someone that we could compete with. Um, not necessarily a guaranteed win or anything like that, but just. Somebody that we had a shot at. It wasn't going to be like going into it thinking, wow, we're, we're three touchdowns down just before we even get on the field. Um, but knowing our kids better now, too, and, and having that, that year under our belt and seeing how they react and what they do and what we needed to do to fix and improve and get better, uh, you know, that, all that together has helped us. So I think we'll, I think we'll be a, a competitive this year with everybody we play. Talking with Coach Blair Armstrong on the Bobcat football preview from iSchool Sports. We'll now move into region opponents. Woodland moving into 1A Region 5. That's going to be Ragland, Talladega County Central, Winterboro, Victory Christian, Donahoe, and Wadley. Right off the bat, travel's not going to be bad at all. Just looking at those opponents and two, um, have you had a chance to really study them or what kind of programs are they? What kind of programs were they last year? What do you think they're going to be this year? Well, you know, we played Wadley last year uh, and they're competitive. They're very good. They're tough kids and they had a lot of success. So anytime you're playing somebody who's used to winning, you know, we haven't been. So that's a hurdle we've got to jump. But I, I really feel like we've reached a point where that, that's not a fear. That's not a, you know, we're not worried about losing more than trying to win. You know, sometimes, you know, I hate, uh, I hate losing more than I like winning, if that makes any sense. I, I can't stand to lose. So uh, and I think we're trying to get a little bit of that mindset into our kids because, you play differently when you look at it that way, and uh, so I think I think I think overall the schedule is, is a good schedule for us. It's not too hard. It's not too easy. It's going to be. I mean, everybody on there is capable of beating you if you don't play a good game. So 
But at the same time, we're capable of beating everybody, too, if we don't play a bad game. So, Have you had a chance to really study the 1A North? Uh, how do you feel like you compete with some of the bigger teams in 1A North? Um, we've been – you know, we're, we're looking at all of the teams. We're building folders on all of them, breaking down film. So we hadn't really just sat down as a staff and said, oh, here's this, this, and this. We're getting to that point now as we're finishing up our, our summer evaluations. Been spending a lot more time, of course, on uh, Fayetteville and Wilkinson since those are two out of the gate. And then we have an open week or open week after Fayetteville. And then uh, so we're kind of working our way up the ladder. We don't we, we put stuff in a folder, but we don't sit there and game plan a whole lot for teams of the future. We just have all of it sitting there ready to go when we get closer to time. Talking with Coach Blair Armstrong from Woodland High School Football here on the Bobcat Football Preview from iSchool Sports. We'll try to uh, look at the uh, look at the players now, and uh, we'll first start with one unit, and that's the one I feel like is uh, probably has the most questions. That's special teams. Could you look at the special teams last year? Punter gone, punt returner same person. He's gone. Your kickoff man and your field goal kicker, Benji Whitmore, is gone. Uh, the other guy we were talking about, Briar Morris, he's gone too. I know a lot of people that have watched film when you guys are excited to not have to punt to Briar Morris. I noticed uh, after that Wadley game, not many people punted to him uh, after uh, after watching that film. So those two guys right there pretty much were the special teams. Who are some of the guys that are going to be stepping up and punting and kicking this year? Well, we have a lot of question marks there still. Um, <clears throat> one of the things in – in the summer, you try to get some of those things out of the way. You know, long snapping, we're, we're, we're getting there pretty much. we got a pretty good little – I like to have multiple guys. I don't want to have just one guy because if he gets injured, then you're in real real trouble. Uh, we're going to change some things up on how we do our special teams this year as far as uh, some of the kicking and some of the things that we're doing. We're going to do a lot, lot more fakes. We're going to uh, – we don't have a true kicker right now. Uh, we don't have a true punter right now. We have some athletes back there, so we're going to uh, do some other things, uh, keep them so we don't – necessarily have a hard rush all the time uh you know briar as, as far as punting wasn't a super duper punter but we didn't have any returns i mean he just when he kicked he, he it, knew it how just, to bounce he the kept right it away way. from yeah. he kept it away from the return men so uh and we had good cover you know dale snapped and got down the field before anybody could stop him so he was he was making that guy trying to feel it uh have to change his mind about what he was going to do because dale was right there in his face so that was helpful so um we won't be quite as fast down the field, but we have a great tackler there, uh, Eli Long Snaps, and he can he does a great job of covering the ground. And we've got a couple other long snappers we're working on right now. We'll see who works into the second slot. We've got about two or three others that are close, and working on some young ones too. Kickoff, I, you know, we're 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 gonna not be fancy on the kickoff. That's for sure. We don't have a live leg there, so we're gonna have to work and be a little skillful about where we put it and place it and have good coverage. So we'll. Uh, if we have a, a weakness probably for us, it's going to be special teams just because we don't have some of those key people that, that should just step right in there. And that's where the offseason and the spring practices and the summers that we missed three of those basically uh, we're way behind on. Well, we look now at the offense kind of breakdown position group by position group. We'll start with the line. And uh, we were talking with Eli a little bit ago about the offensive line. And the thing is about last year, they were a young offensive line. He was, you know, asked to start as a sophomore. But the good news now that we're a year ahead is those guys have one year under their belt. They're a little bit more experienced. Only really losing one guy, that was Benji Whitmore, on the offensive line from last year. Um, What do you see from your offensive line this year? I'm excited. Uh, Their knowledge of the game is better. Uh, Some of them – a couple of them hadn't played a whole lot of football before. We talked into coming out there to end up being really, really good linemen. There's a lot of excitement because we've got good depth there as well. 
Uh, we lost one guy, uh, Justice Herring, uh, had a knee injury uh, in the off season. So uh, he may not be with us the whole year, it looks like, as far as uh, his healing up. So he's kind of what I call a coach's assistant out there. He helps us and works with the younger kids. And he, he doesn't want to miss because he wants to be part of the team. And he smells, you know, what we smell about being competitive. So uh, he's a good one. He'll definitely be back the next year. He's probably one of the better linemen. So we, we lost a good one there, two-way starter, both offense and defense. But we have a lot of depth in, in the offensive and defensive line, which is something we didn't have last year with experience. Had a lot of kids, but just not much experience. Uh, Coach Jason Armstrong, our defensive coordinator, you know, we all have two hats now. We're all basically uh, taking over all of it. So we're uh, coaching both sides of the football, our whole staff, and which is going to make a big difference, I think, as far as getting isolation and getting uh, individual work done that we need to. And so uh, Coach Jason's working with offensive line. Uh, his twin brother, Coach Tyson, works the tight ends, and I'm all over in, in between wherever they need me for that kind of stuff as well. So we got three sets of eyes on between the – uh, receivers and tight ends and, and offensive linemen. We've got three sets of eyes watching those all the time. Coach Gay, of course, works with the uh, quarterbacks and uh, receivers, and I help with that, and Coach Tyson does that as well because we alternate do different things for different kinds of drills that we have. I'll, I'll work on stalk blocking, for example, because I'm really good at that, and, and Coach T played tight end, so he'll work with those a whole lot. And, and then Coach Mitchell works with the running backs, so we've got a lot of a lot of eyes when we're coaching. One of us will usually run the scout team. Coach Gale will run the scout team against the, the defense, and I'll run the scout team against the offense. So we're getting good scout teams. You know, most important thing you can do in, in, when you're working with your team is to have a good scout team to get you better. So he's working one of them, and I'm working the other one, and he's got a lot of experience, and I have a lot of experience. So we're, we're, we've got the staff broken down about as good as you can put a staff together when you only got six people. We'll uh, stay on the topic of uh, tight ends and receivers as well now. Um, now, who are some of those guys? And I know two guys that I do want to talk to you about, and, and I'll bring this back to uh, basketball season. We were broadcasting a game, and uh, we got you to come over during halftime, and uh, we interviewed you for a little bit, and you said, looking over the basketball roster, there are two players that play basketball that aren't on my football team. Those two guys are now on the football team. So, uh, one, uh, just kind of talk about the receivers this year, and two, how special those two players are. Well, I had uh, uh, Debo uh, Dalton Bolin in our uh, – in my PE class, and so I talked to him there a lot about it. And, of course, that senior class is not a big senior class, but the, the five or six guys that are out there are pretty tight. And, and of course, Brock, I think he had something going on with Casey where, uh, you know, you, you, I'll play basketball if you play football kind of thing. <laughs> and, of course, Casey and, and Debo and Brock were all the start and secondary when, when they were sophomores. So it wasn't like they hadn't ever played football before. They just didn't like what was going on before. So they And I didn't get here in time to talk them into playing last year. So... Um, but they're good kids. They're, you know, they're smart. They're good football players. They got good speed, good hands. I mean, they'll really be an asset to us uh, with our spread stuff and uh, any of our any of our stuff where we're putting putting the ball in their hands anywhere we can. And we'll now move on to uh, the running back position. I was talking with uh, Coach Tyson and Coach Jason a little bit about the running back situation. A pretty experienced backfield there because you've got Parker Woodham uh, coming back as well as Scott McManus, Luca Brown. He was talking about how. Uh, a few more players are going to mix in with the backfield as well. So how are the running backs looking this year? Those three guys are uh, very, very good. Um, Luca worked in the offseason with me uh, after school from January through March, working on individual stuff and speed stuff with a couple other guys that I had that didn't play other sports. And he uh, he just did awesome in the offseason. Uh, Parker plays every sport I think we have. And so he – 
he had a hard time doing individual stuff, but he'd come in our 6 a.m. workouts a couple times a week and work. So the dedication there was huge. And guys, work, guys a workaholic. He's he's awesome in the weight room. So those three guys really, really put out in the weight room. So they're they're totally different back than what they were last year. And their confidence and their speed and agility and the whole nine yards. I'm. And the exciting thing is they're they're going to be juniors. So yeah, that is <laughs> that's, great. That's very exciting. So we got some young backs we're working with that are going to play JV. So we'll give a chance to get them some experience and and uh, be able to replace them. I always look down the road. I'm always planning for the future. So I'm always working as deep as I can down there in the lower levels. So oh, one of these days he's playing here, but he's eventually going to be of that. Just hopefully, uh, and get them to get out there. So that's uh, backfield wise, we're pretty strong because we'll. Those three will rotate between two positions, so they'll be they'll be pretty stout. We'll take our final break. When we come back, we're going to talk about two individual players specifically, and then we're going to break down the defense. This is the Bobcat Football Preview from iSchool Sports. We're back with Coach Armstrong in just a few moments. Around here, farming isn't a hobby. It's a passion. So if you're looking for top-quality work to make your farm more profitable, call on Johnson Ag Service. Johnson Ag Service provides fertilizer and lime spreader services to fit any operation and offers custom fertilizer blends specific to your crop needs. Call today, 256-473-9684. Johnson Ag Service, LLC, serving Randolph County and the surrounding areas. A full-service cemetery and memorial works company, that's Heron Monument and Memorial. They handle memorials, markers, and more with a wide selection of sizes, colors, and shapes. They also create signage and plaques for your home or business, as well as monument cleaning, sandblasting, and restoration. To see how Heron Monument and Memorial can help you, visit them at 124 Woodland Drive or call 256-610-610. 3557 Heron Monument and Memorial from our family to yours. Final segment of the Bobcat football preview from iSchool Sports, talking with Coach Blair Armstrong coming into his second year as the head coach of the Woodland Bobcats. I'd like to thank our uh, sponsors of Woodland Bobcat Football, including the Knowles Group, Johnson Ag Service, Trailers Tax Service, and Young's Drugs and General Store. Well, uh, there's two. Uh, players specifically that I want to talk about and uh, we'll first start with Brock Edwards. Brock Edwards coming into his third year as a starting quarterback. We talked to him uh, in their segment about how you know many players want at least two years as a starting quarterback. Well, he's coming in as his uh, third year and you coming in last July or actually about this time last year that you got to meet the players. How much has he grown and what kind of a leader do you see him being this year now that he's a senior? Well he's definitely matured. You know he's, his dad's a, a great guy and has shown a lot of leadership for Brock to follow, uh, and you can tell he's you know got a dad that really has discipline and is in charge of him. And Brock has matured quite a bit since I got here. And uh, he was kind of a jokester and didn't seem to be as serious. And I think between his dad talking to him about growing up and doing what he needs to be and be the leader that he can be, and, and Coach Jason working with him a lot in the off season, and uh, we uh, we worked a lot in the weight room. He's a hard worker in the weight room. That uh, he's just taken on that role of of being the leader for the whole team and he's highly respected by the rest of the players but he's not aloof or above them he's right there with them he's a brother so that kind of leadership is uh outstanding to have and and we lacked that last year not that we didn't have some guys but they just didn't know how they just never seen it before knew how to do it so we've been trying to we try to teach them by example and and the kind of leadership things that we do and give some ideas and talk them to about it and brock has stepped up his game and you mentioned guy and the other backs, those guys the same way. In fact, all of our juniors and seniors 
have taken on a, a role of leadership from time to time in different situations. And now with the young guys working with them, I'm seeing like Butler the other day took one of the younger guys and was correcting something he did because he played the same position this younger guy was playing. I went up to Butler and said, son, that, you don't know how important that is because that kid's going to – he may listen to you twice as exactly. good as he does to me exactly. because, you know, you're, you're his brother you're, and he looks up to you as a, as a senior ball player. So those kind of moments reminds me of back when I was in school. Our seniors, that was the same thing. They, they provided that leadership, and we just passed it on down to the next class. Another guy I want to talk about is Parker Woodham, and he's a guy that really uh, stood out to me, especially later in the year. Uh, at the beginning of the year, he got some carries, he got some chances, but he really showed out there at the last part of the year, and a lot of that was because of uh, Dale Robertson having to battle through some injuries and him just stepping up. I felt like he did a really good job of uh, stepping up. He got pretty close to 500 total yards on offense and did just as great playing linebacker uh, on the defensive side of the ball too. So I you know, call him the breakout player of the year, in, in our opinion, just you know, watching him from the booth, the breakout player of 2019. Um, one, how special of a player is Parker Woodham to this team? And two, who do you see or who are a couple of players you think have the capability of being the breakout players of 2020? Well, he's very unselfish, and uh, that's so critical. Sometimes players that have a lot of success become success, uh, selfish, and if they don't get enough carries or they didn't get enough catches or touches or whatever, uh, you can kind of see in their countenance. Maybe they have a – you know their attitude or they, they're quiet or they just don't say anything. And he's never had that. He's always uh, – he doesn't mind if he has to give up the – you know, share the load, that's not an issue for him. And that's important. And a team our size, we, you know, we're, we never know who's going to be toting it. And we try to have an offense that doesn't gear it to just one guy. Um, as far as a breakout player this year, I think, I think Luca's going to be a suspect for that because he's improved so much on his speed and his power and his confidence. He's got confidence. Um, Guy is at any minute can be that guy. He he goes a hundred miles an hour. He's the ever ready bunny. He just don't never stop. He just goes and goes and goes. And uh, there's a lot. You know, I always said. You know, somebody said somebody he's not real big. I said, well, dynamite comes in small packages. So hey, he's, it does. He's, uh, he's one of those kind of guys, and he's explosive, and he's gotten better, and he he tries so hard sometimes that he he might mess up. But now he's learned. Well, he's matured. You know, his body. He's he's figured it all out, and he's doing a great job here in, in, the, in the preseason stuff. So he's going to be a potential breakout player as well. I think both of the guys we mentioned earlier, the basketball players, either one of those could be doing the same thing. As I watched him catch passes and run routes. They both are fast. They both have great hands. They, they'll, the ball's on the wrong side of their shoulder or whatever, and they turn the other way and make the catch. Uh, uh, a couple of them have gone up and intercepted passes, or, uh, you know, right up in front of it. You know, everybody's around them, and they come down with a ball. Uh, I think Caleb Kelly has the potential to do that too. Um, there's sometimes when I think he could just really surprise everyone. He's come a long way since last year. He worked very hard in the season on his speed and agility and stuff and gotten faster. Um, you know, he's he works and has jobs and stuff like that, so it's kind of taking its toll a little bit on him this year from what I'd rather have. But, you know, we're getting ready to start school, so that'll 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 go away and he'll start being here all the time. And But tremendous potential with him. And I could go on with a lot of them. Uh, I was trying to think the other day. Uh, um, Jackson Laverne is—he's not a a starter at any particular moment, but he's he's that that quarterback that can come in there if, if Brock has an issue because, like I said, he plays both ways and needs a break. Uh, we won't think twice about putting Jackson in there. He he does a great job. He throws a nice ball. He played scout team all last year and he got banged around a whole lot against the defense, but he gained so much confidence. He's really turned into a player. And then I really like. Uh, Austin Champion, 
is another breakout player. And Kalen Houston, both of those two guys, if they would just decide to play full speed, 100 miles an hour, yeah, they're unstoppable. Austin's 250 pounds, and he's muscle and strong, and Kalen's up to about 330, something like that, and he's he's got great feet for a big guy. I mean, great feet. He's definitely a college prospect. If he'll get serious, he could be. He could. He could name his ticket if he'll get serious because he just has the potential. He. I don't think he realizes it, and I tell him all the time, "You got to believe in yourself." So, uh, he's. He's already. He's where at the end of the year. I thought he just had a breakout right there that last game or two. He blocked the punt. Blocked an extra point. I mean, who would have guessed? He, he, he picked up a fumble that? too, I yeah, believe, sure right? Did. Yeah. And so he started out this off season where he left off, which was huge. He didn't fall back and not do as well. He's. He's improving now, and I think by the time we get to game time, he's going to be a real force. And we'll move on to uh, the defensive side of the ball, too. And, you know, one of the great things about playing 1A ball is a lot of those people we talked about on the offensive side of the ball are also on the defensive side of the ball, too. So we'll start from the line and work our way up. Uh, defensive line, who do we see this year? Well, it's Ironman football all the way for sure. And some of those names we've already mentioned, Eli is uh, our starting center, and he could probably be – one of our top two or three defensive linemen, too. Um, I like to, the center not to have to start on defense, but play a lot, but not necessarily start just because your center is such an important integral part. Of, he's kind of the captain of the offensive line up there. And, and so he does real well. We've already mentioned uh, Kalen Houston and, and uh, Austin Champion, outstanding defensive lineman. Uh, Nathaniel Smitherman, uh, we call him Smitty. He uh, had never played football before. We talked him into coming out last year, and I knew right off the bat that he could be really good because he has great feet for a big guy, just outstanding movement. And uh, and he's gotten better and better and better, worked hard in the weight room in the offseason all the way through March. And then when we came back in the summer, uh, he did well. And he's going to be a real force up there up front. Um, let's see who else we got up there right now. Uh, of course, uh, Matthew Butler plays defensive end, uh, he's going to be a force. Uh, he might be one of those breakout players, too. And he also mixes in at linebacker some. Uh, Logan Barrett plays the other uh, defensive end, and he this is uh, his first time with us. Uh, he moved here right after football season, I guess it was, and he's uh, worked hard, real hard in the offseason, had to work this summer uh, to you know get a car and all that kind of stuff. But he's he's back in the saddle now working hard. He's, he's going to do a great job for us. Uh, I've got a couple young ones up there. Uh, Jake Conger works in there some. He's uh, not as big, but he makes up for that with grit and toughness and quickness. Uh, he's going to be a force, and I'm, I'm sure I'm going to leave somebody else. So I'm not careful. I'm trying to think of who else I got on my list. Um, I should have brought him here with me because I don't want to leave anybody <laughs> out. But I may think of somebody else in a minute. But we've got a we've got a good little uh, nucleus of guys up there that, that are going to all be standouts. We rotate them around so they all get experience at the different positions. Obviously, with in 1A, you never know when somebody's going to go in there for somebody. So, <laughs> uh, Looking at the linebackers and defensive backs as well, uh, you know, we talk about, you know, the same guys that are playing running back, Guy McManus, Parker Woodham, those guys are back. But there's one name that's not going to be back out there this year. That's Dale Robertson. And then you look at the defensive backfield, Breyer's not going to be back as well. So, uh, who are the guys that are capable of replacing those two that graduated well, last well, you year? You mentioned Parker already as, a, as his outstanding work he did last year when Dale was hurt. And Parker is one of those unique guys that can play. He can play stand-up in on the end of the line of scrimmage. He can play outside linebacker. He can turn around and play safety. So he gives us kind of like what Dale – Dale could play a lot of different positions as well. And so could Breyer. So he gives us that. Uh, Lucas – 
turning into that. He can play two or three different positions. And, of course, those new basketball players that came out there that uh, both Debo and Casey are going to be huge helping us in the secondary. Their experience that when they played before, now they're just – it's all coming back to them and they're doing a great job there. We've got a lot more depth there in the secondary than we thought we were going to have. If they hadn't come out, we'd, we'd, we'd have struggled. They made a big difference there. So we've, we're going to have guys that can get a break you know, once in a while have somebody can go in there for them and we can rotate them. We rotate them all over the time, so we never know. All of them can play safety, all of them can play corner. Um, we've talked about uh, the scheduling. We've talked about uh, really breaking down all the position groups, talked about some key players from last year and what their roles can be this year. Uh, one final question before we get out of here. Uh, we've got almost two weeks before the season starts, uh, about two and a half weeks from when we're recording this on August the 3rd of uh, the football season starting. Uh, COVID-19 has really uh, kind of just really bogged people down, really. I mean, it just seems like everything was shut down for a little bit and things are slowly starting to get back to normal. But in a community like this, football is king. They're ready to get back out there and play football. They're ready to go out there and see what uh, these kids can do in year two under Coach Blair Armstrong. So your message to the Woodland community, community, the Woodland fans, the students, the teachers, everybody that's involved with this school and this program, what's your message to them? Before I say that, there's one other player. I knew there was another guy, and I was trying to remember who he was. It's Blue Heron. Of course. He's, uh, he's going to be a 10th grader this year. He's out. He played a lot last year as a freshman. He'll be a starter, and he's probably going to be one of those potential breakout players as well. COVID is uh, – I tell all the kids all the time, it's, we're battling COVID. It's our enemy, mm-hmm. and we've got we've to have strategy. And so we talk about social distancing, and we really don't have issues out here. We're outside. You know, we're running all around, and it's a lot – you're not – close to somebody for very long, maybe five seconds at a time. It's not the 10 or 15 minutes that they say that you shouldn't be close to them. So, And we do, in the weight room, we do everything we're supposed to do with masks. We clean and wash and wipe, and we do all the things that we have to do. But if you can come to the game, obviously that means a lot to the kids when you do. And I think the biggest thing there is they're suggesting, and we'll be talking about this and making signage and get it out on Facebook, that you'll want to be uh, wearing a mask and and keep that six foot distance, except with relatives and family members. You you know y'all can sit together because you're together every day anyway. Yeah. But the precautions mm-hmm. were with wearing the mask is we just don't want we don't want to get that started in our community so it gets our kids where we have to quarantine and be out for two weeks and now we're going to have a tough time if somebody else we're playing hadn't done the same then we're going to be behind so it's it's a it's a battle and I tell our kids every day we have got to fight this battle and so I hope the community sees it that same way. I, you know, my concern is for the older folks. These young kids don't really get it, and if they do, the chances of them dying is very, very slim. So the older folks, me being included, we've got to be careful about that stuff. So uh, that's that's kind of my message to the community. Keep doing what you've been doing. We've had very few cases around Woodland, I think, and and uh, we're, we worked so hard this summer. I hate, I hate for these kids not to have a chance to play, so I hope it all works out. Coach Blair Armstrong joining us on the Bobcat football preview, a look at the 2020 Woodland Bobcats uh, football program. Coach, as always, uh, a fun time talking with you. Uh, I'm glad that we were able to talk again. It kind of feels like everything's getting back to normal now. I don't know if it is. I don't know if it will be. But as long as we've got that feeling now, it's it's pretty good. I look forward to uh, coming back with you in about two weeks, and uh, we'll host the uh, second season of the Coach Blair Armstrong show and then Fayetteville will come to town, and we'll have a good time uh, out here at Warren Sewell Field. We look forward to seeing you out there. We look forward to seeing all the fans come out to Warren Sewell again. The season opening game for Woodland, August the 21st, 7 o'clock against the Fayetteville Wolves. You remember how fun of a game that was last year. Well, they're coming back this year, 
And uh, I'm looking forward to uh, being behind the mic again with Terry Allen in with high school sports for our second year of calling Bobcat football as well. Coach, as always, uh, thanks for taking time and talking with me. Look forward to uh, seeing you in a couple of weeks. Appreciate it.